If your footwear is out of date, head to runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com. That's runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com, where they're committed to bringing the latest brands and quality shoes from Nike, Adidas, Puma, and the Jordan brand. Again, that's runwaysneakercloset.bigcartel.com. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is After Hours Live, man. the host, Tiki Wiggs. And your co-host, Mark Sayer. Man, we got a field pack show, man, going on. We we got the NCAA National Championship game, the baseball tobacco. It's it's, it's going to be a nice show today, you know. You're driving, you're at work, put your headsets on, sit back and relax. I can't say we're joining the ride. Enjoy this good conversation about to partake in. So, Marcus, kick us off. All right, so we're going to start off with this national championship game. Um, it kind of went how me and uh, Tate predicted on the last podcast with LSU Tigers, the real Tigers, uh, recording uh, ATI, uh, winning it, winning it all. Uh, but you know the game started off uh, started off close. You know they was going back and forth. Uh, Clemson, you know they um, they scored on that big. Uh, what was it? They had like a trick play. You know they mm-hmm. took the lead with that. But then uh, Joe Burrow, you know, he's just poised, who's the other side of the pillow, hung in there, and uh, ultimately, you know, put this game away. You know, it was like what, like a twenty? Would they be about like twenty-four points? Yeah. Um, so, so what do you? I mean, do you think LSU gonna be back next year? Do you think Clemson just kind of flew uh, that game because they kind of had the momentum for? You know, for a good part of that first half. Hey, in the words of the great late Dennis Green, if you want to crown their asses, crown them. <laughs> all. Telling people all year, Clemson is who I thought they were. Yeah, they got a good little defense, but I keep telling everybody, I live like I keep saying this in every podcast. I am from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised. Been living in Charlotte now, going on nine years. I am in SEC territory, ACC territory. I keep telling people this the whole time. They keep saying this is a better division, whatever. I've been saying this for long. They don't play for this is I live in a basketball state, first and foremost. <laughs> let's be let's, let's make it quite quite clear clear. I live in a basketball state. You're talking about football. Mm-hmm. Clemson, you're looking at Clemson. They're, they're good. don't get me wrong, they're a good football team. But what I seen what I seen this year, the defense, I keep telling you, the DBs is not what I thought they were. Like I told a, 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 another a gentleman. We talk about Georgia. Georgia's a good football team. I said the whole year Georgia DB's been suspect, and Jake from the quarterback was kind of suspect as well. So you know you're gonna have your ups and downs. But you talk about this guy Trevor Lawrence, who hasn't lost a football game going all the way back to his what senior or junior high school. He hasn't lost a game in 742 days until then. He met wow. with Joe Burrow. So he didn't look the same as me. The deep. Watching watching them play up to that point during the season, catching some of their games, let's be honest, man. I can't hear how the Big Ten guys play cupcake schedules. And they don't play football. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's, be, let's, be, let's get one thing clear. I, I definitely Big agree Ten with football, that. Big Ten football, we play on all elements. These guys cancel games if it rained too hard. <laughs> I've seen it. The game has been postponed because it's too windy outside and it rains a lot. It's football. It's an element. You got the adaptive element. And if, hey, let's give it up to Joe Burrow. I'm not gonna make this long, but let's be honest. When I see from Clemson from the play of Trevor Lawrence, 
Well, he showed me on Monday night. Did, did he like he could be a first round pick or the first pick in the NFL draft? No. Uh, no. no. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No. He showed me that he's fragile. He don't know when to get down. He's taking he was taking a lot of big hits where he could avoid some big hits. He was being greedy trying to put a team on his back. I'm not I'm not following him trying to be a warrior out there. You you can tell he's a leader on his team. He was trying to lead by example, but he wasn't the same player who I thought he was last year. They skate through a big controversy call a couple weeks ago with Ohio State game. You know, it, mm-hmm. that type of call came back and bit them in the butt. And, and it is what it is. But on the other hand, the wide receiver play for Clemson, T. Higgins, this, this two games that he's been banged up now. He can't right. take a hit. So if you want to put that, hey, Mel Kuyper and Todd Machine, put this on your big draft board. T. Higgins. To me, he's like he's injury prone. And he can't yeah. stand. He 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 cannot stand the big hit. When I'm looking at stuff well, like that, and that's a big receiver too. Right, because on that reverse, you know where they scored a touchdown, he trucked new. I'm like, I ain't seen this for Bill. Like he about to have a game, and then after that, you know, the he couldn't do no more of that trucking. You know, he was getting it, getting uh tagged. Next thing you know, he walking to the back, walking in the, in the tunnel. I'm like, oh, I thought he was gonna turn the corner. Oh, oh, and Trevor Lawrence, you know, big arm. He was a six four, six five quarterback, lanky. But the whole thing is, he has to know when to go down. Can't always try to get the extra yardage. The whole thing about being that tall, people want to take you out because you you a big target. Live to fight for another down. Don't just live for that moment because he could be career ending. Get down. He took a lot of big hits, man, in a national championship game. And and, and that LSU defense, everybody gets out. Oh, this this defense is not for real. That defense played real that night. They brought mm-hmm. out there. You're looking at um, what's that? Was it uh, Pelpin, Van Pelpin? And you had Daryl Stingley Jr. Those guys put the team on their back. Man. They put the team on their back. And Ed Orgeron, as he always say, go Tigers, go Tigers. <laughs> it's that USC feels stupid because he was the coach over there. You let this guy go, he goes back home and coaches hometown team, and he grew up in like. And that's weird because. He had USC where they at. Not only I respect a guy like that as a coach, the blind kid who grew up in a US a USC fan, he he put him on the team as a walk on. He has kicked a field goal for them before. So you're talking about a guy who understands integrity of a person. He's he know what it takes to be a leader. Would you want him to coach your team? Seems like you're a leader to men and the people up. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're gonna switch everything off him. Let's talk about Joe Burrow. This guy played for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He was way behind the long list of quarterbacks to get his turn. He graduated from Ohio State, goes down to LSU. He said that his brothers played for Nebraska, and he ought, and his dad played for Nebraska. He wanted to play for Nebraska and be the quarterback there, trying to do their, go there, school, and go so we don't we have no room for it. So you're talking about a kid that got let down where his brother, his two brothers, his two older brothers went, and his dad went to play college football. They turned him down. I don't know how Nebraska's feeling in the Cornhusker State about that. And you're looking at Joe Burrow as this as what he did in college football. Some people say this might be this some of the some of the best college football they've seen from a player in a while. But you know that's a debate. You could argue that Vision had one. Mm-hmm. Look at all these guys who had great careers. Uh, uh, you're looking at people like Reggie Bush, Matt Leiter. You're talking Leiter, about guys, right? Who was we talk about guys who lights it up? You could even put Tim Tebow in there. Yep. Guys who lights it up. 
He's in that conversation with these folks, with these other guys. He played, I would say, played in the same collegiate, on that same collegiate level with those type of peers. So you're looking at Joe Barrow, who throws 60 touchdowns, who led his team to a national championship and won the Heisman Trophy. It, it was monumental for him. And this is one thing I'm going to say about the Buckeyes. Once a Buckeye, once a Buckeye, always a Buckeye. Yeah, he, so had all Ohio, he had all the Ohio State, he had most Ohio State Buckeye players in that line. I've seen Ezekiel Elliott, seen Mike Thomas. I've seen a couple of Buckeye guys that was there that supported him. Not only that people didn't know that Joe Burrow gave Mike Thomas his jersey, he said to the guy who always knew I had it, to my guy, my friend Mike Thomas, who can't, nobody can't guard Mike. He gave him the national championship jersey. It was an honor to see Joe Burrow win the game. I told, we, me and you said me, you sat in on the last pod. You said, well, "Who you got?" I said, "Man, give me." I said, "Give me uh, LSU and give me the win big." That's what we said, Marcus. This team was the better team. Clemson sitting big there. This was yeah, the I think people they wanted. Looked up. They looked up. You know, like we said, that controversial call against the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes was, you know, that, that first half of that game was wiping the floor with them, and then, um, you know, they just had a couple things go their way. Uh, a couple bad calls, you know, they they in the national championship game. And LSU just, they was, like we said, they are just the better team. They had all the momentum. It was a home game for them. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just a lot going in their favor. Heisman Trophy winner on their team. Mm-hmm. It's just too much for them to overcome. Dabo couldn't, uh, it's not much he could he could call, he could do. They just was uh, outmatched. That's the only way you could put it. It was outmatched, outplayed. Uh, a couple. They got a. They got. They had some. They had a lot of offside penalties, which you know, Dabo Swing team is a. It's a greatly coached team, but they are not penalized that much. But like you said, playing that in that super in that it's not called the Superdome in the Mercedes Dome. Like you said, home field advantage. They get to sleep in their own bed. We always say this, Marcus. You know it's coming when you at home in your own city. The bed feel better. The food tastes better. Everything is going great in your favor. You, these are places are you familiar with? And you bringing other players in from other states. You gotta get adjust to this to this time. Even though uh, Louisiana, uh, they are an hour behind, so they're an hour behind, so they gotta get adjusted that times right there. Everything get everything is a little bit different. Everything is a little bit different. You got uh, Etienne, who's who's the Crimson running back, who's from Louisiana, and so he's gonna play for the Real Tigers. So you know he. He had to play. He had to play with a big game. When you put all that weight on your shoulders, you got to show up, baby. And they did. Joe Burrow's new size ring he wore. He pointed to his ring finger, said ten and a half. <laughs> he yeah. knew what it was. He knew what it was. The game was over. Now, like I said, like he said that Dabo Sweeney was a cocky coach. He thought he had the game won. Every time they scored in that first quarter, you seen his face smiling. The game ain't over. You got to play that game to that court. So that clock ain't quadruple zeros. And therefore, he got to run through that tape. Yeah, he got to run through that tape. He didn't run through the tape at <laughs> all. So so we, we're going to stick on this football thing. Marcus, we got Mr. Chad Ocho Cinco, a.k.a. He calls himself sometimes we play soccer, Pepe. Pepe. <laughs> he is trying out for the XFL as a kicker. He's taking it very seriously. They had a, they had a, a video going on around on Instagram. Of him knocking down a fifty-yarder field goal on the first try. Wow! So he's taking this craft serious. He want to play football, 
And you're looking at someone like Ocho Cinco. What would you rank this at probably for Ocho Cinco if he made this? We know he made the NFL. What would you put this at probably for him as an accomplishment if he goes into an XFL game and kick a game winning field goal 52 yards? <laughs> Man, I would get that. That's like a 10 out of 10. And he would be like, what, 42? Mm-hmm. That's a 10 out of 10 if he can do that. I don't care in what league, XFL, CFL. Uh, he can play in the Japanese league. If he go from a wide receiver to a kicker and make a 50-yard kill field goal to win any game, that's a perfect 10. You know, it's all 10s, everybody standing up. You know, Dikembe, you know, giving that face like, oh, I can't believe he did that. That's a 10 out of 10. Right. right. And and that makes them uh whatever team, if he do, you know, make the team, any team. That's like you, you can run a fake punt, fake kick. Almost every time, because I'm sure he still got some sort of athleticism oh, where yeah. he can oh, yeah. can take off on guys. So a, a gadget play, oh yeah, most definitely. Now, if he make a field goal and make the team, I think that probably be one of his accomplishments. Because he's like, yo, I played in the XFL and the NFL. It ain't too many guys today transition over from the NFL to the XFL. It's it's very unheard of to do that. But you do got um, what's the name there too playing quarterback in the XFL too? Uh, Cario Jones, shotgun. So there's a couple of guys making that move over there. You know, Vince McMahon lead, starting back up. Um, I do want to start on this one. Uh, we got your guy, Julian Edelman, having um, having playoff withdrawal playoff in California. Up. Yes, playoff withdrawal. I was going to call yeah. it. Uh, he, you know, he's so used to winning, being in the playoffs, winning championships this year. He thought he was celebrating the uh, Super Bowl. That's what it sounded like when I heard the news. Like, this, did he know they ain't in the playoffs? Right. Like, that's what you do after you win the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. He's jumping on people's cars. Who is the car on? He got arrested. You look at me. I seen the mugshot. Like he was under the influence. Like he was intoxicated. <laughs> I mean, I seen the mugshot. Who knows what he was on? But to jump on someone's car and bash the hood in, he got went to jail with vandalism. So Tom Brady posted a picture that said, I don't know what Julian Edelman needs. He posted TV, TV ever, uh, electrolyte, like, like Mio type juice. Some electrolytes. He said he needed some of that. So, it's not looking good in, pa- in Patriot Nation. <laughs> <laughs> it's not their year. Um, we got a couple of Hall of Famers I want to talk about. Luke Keekley. Hey, I live here in North Carolina. This one caught me by surprise. Luke Keekley retired from the Carolina Panthers yesterday. He got a heart filled. Um, the video out there letting, letting the fans know, hey, without him, without the fans, it wouldn't be no Luke Keekly. Um, and I'm looking at some of his credentials. Right to me, man, you talk about he could be a first time Hall of Famer and within the next five, six years with no brainer. You talk about Luke Keekly, five time first team NFL All Pro, a seven time Pro Bowler, a defensive rookie of the year in 2012, the NFL defensive player of the year in 2013. He led the NFL in tackles. Twice in two different separate two different uh, separate occasions. I look at somebody like Luke Keekley. Uh He said his body can no longer take that type of punishment. And he's and he said when he played the game, he was taught from day one to play the game fast and hit hard from from the jump. And not the not this is not I want to say about him. He's going to be a Pro Bowler, a great player. Seems like he's a, a great human being. That his that the, uh, his teammates are saying. But one thing I would say, Luke Kickley has missed a lot of ga- some games in his course of his years in the NFL due to uh, concussions. And yeah, he, he get hit in that dome a lot. <laughs> right. So, you know, there ain't too many hits that he can take. 
I mean, he could dish out because he get the headache. I mean, maybe he followed the Marshawn Lynch thing. Marshawn Lynch said, you know, take care of your body, take care, take care of your mental, get your money, take care of that bread, and get your chicken. <laughs> so, right, right. So after that, after that, people, he retired. You're talking about a guy that means so much to the city of North Carolina and not to North Carolina, to the Panthers Nation out there. You're talking about Lou Kinkley was the heartbeat of that defense. The anchor, he knows your plays before you come to the line of scrimmage. He knows where they go. He can sniff them out and crack you back when you lose three or four yards. He picks the ball off. He does it all. You talking about tough shoes to fill for a Panthers team, you got to find you the next Luke Keekley. So everything that you do in that organization, is you're going to have to live with the Luke Keekley expectations. They're going to say, man, you know, you got to read this. I can see Luke Keekley probably sliding in, coming in through Panthers, helping out on some linebacker core video and all that stuff. Man, that's that's because when that came down on my phone, that was tough. I was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. Right. What you, so what you think about that retirement, Marcus? That uh, I definitely wasn't expecting him to retire. Uh, I thought he had maybe a year or two, um, you know, left with the uh, with the Panthers. You know, he, like you say, he's one of the, the heart and soul of that team um, and that community. So, it was a big surprise to see him retire. Um, but like, as you stated, one of the things I always remember him playing the game is him getting hit, like, and always getting concussed. So it's only a, a matter of, you know, times you can take hits like that and continue to play. I think it, it's good that he's retiring, you know, for his own health. Uh, because, you know, he's one of those guys that's going to play, you know, his heart out, you know, he ain't going to care about the big hits, but, uh, I think it, it, Although it was a surprise, it's probably time for him, you know, to, to you know, hang it up. Uh, one, I had a, the, the one memory I had about Luke Keekley. The one thing I'm going to miss about going to the Panthers game, when he come through the introduction or he make a tackle, the whole stadium go crazy. Luke Keekley, if he have a tackle, all you hear through is say, Luke, wow. The one memorable thing I remember about Luke Keekley, Johnny Manziel, I believe this is his second year in the league. Me and the wife got tickets. You know, I got it with my Browns jersey and Johnny Manziel jersey. Be exact. Yes, I still have Money Man, Johnny Manziel jersey up there in the closet. I remember this play. The I want to say the Browns was on the 40-yard line of the Carolina Panthers. And Johnny Manziel tried to get the ball to Corey Coleman. <laughs> and it was a slant. Johnny Manziel rolled to, the, rolled to his left. And you can hear Luke Keekley. He's rolling left. He's rolling left. He, Johnny Manziel rolled left. Luke Keekley came and met him. Popped him so hard. You heard it. It's like a car accident. It's it. <laughs> All I know, Luke Keekley jumped up, fixed his um his his wristbands around his around his own gloves. Man, Johnny Manziel was out for the rest of the game. <laughs> That's it. It's a wrap. <laughs> oh, he, look, he he hit Johnny Manziel. So hard, he wrapped him up. He couldn't even move. He didn't. Johnny Football didn't move. AKA Johnny Manziel didn't move for like I was like a minute. I said, yeah, he got a concussion. He got back up. He wobbled the field. Took his helmet off. Shook his head. He went in that locker room. Never came back out. That's how hard he hit him. Hmm. I think I remember this game. <laughs> I showed no thought. Like, oh, that's it. I thought that was his career. Like, that's the season. Like, yeah, Johnny gone. Johnny, yeah, Johnny, Johnny was gone. Like, he rocked that. You know, you, you, know you can hit so hard, you cannot lift your head up. You run with your head down because the light and the noise 
it's making your head hurt worse than what it was. So that's one of the things I remember I remember the most about Luke Keekley. Just punishing quarterbacks and running backs and sniffing off the plays. Like he like he was a dog for TSA. Like he, he man, dude was an animal. Next person I'm talking about, this Hall of Famer who retired yesterday too. Antonio Gates, the Kent State, the former Kent State Golden last week. It's not a Kent State guys we're talking about on here right now. Julian was the first one, but Julie you know. <laughs> Antonio Gates, Marcus, listen to these numbers. Antonio, this is where he ranks among tight ends in NFL history. He ranks third. He got 236 games played in his career. Yards, 11,841 yards. That ranks third among tight ends. 955 receptions, ranked third. 116 touchdowns, ranks first amongst tight ends. We're looking at big boy Antonio Gates, who too can't say go to the flashes on one of the historical rides from a small mid-major. I remember he took the Kent State Golden Flashes to, I would say, the Elite Eight. Yes, that was yeah, the Elite Eight mm-hmm. for basketball. Well, the yep. NCAA tournament. And from a from a power forward center type guy to transition over to the NFL to a tight end, not only to be a great tight end, to be a, a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. a GOAT, Mr. Reliable, who got hands, who blocks. Antonio Gates, what you think about his resume going as as he retired? First time Hall of Fame Hall of Fame um on the ballot for Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah, he got to be first ballot. I mean, uh, you mentioned the, the Kent State. He he was the one who made that, uh, uh, you know, power forward, small forward uh, to tight end. You know, he, he made that wave popular. You know, all of a sudden it's a lot of uh, you know, former basketball players, you know, coming in at the tight end spot because Antonio Gates, you know, you got Joey Graham, you know, um, one of the guys from, you know, our alma mater, you know, Travis Kelsey. Uh, and then someone probably, I think, uh, and you know, uh, can't think uh, of the tight end name from, uh, you got I think Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, you got Mercedes yeah. Lewis. So that's the way everybody's going to get a tight end to get to that play basketball. Why? Why is it smart? Because it's a big body and to get the ball, they don't put their that body in the right way to get the, to get the ball out there. It's almost like a rebound and he's boxing out. So you got to figure out how to guard. These tight ends that are six four or taller, that not to maneuver their body like they're in the paint. So you talk about you got an average DB in the league between the average DB in the league is between what five foot ten and six feet. A tight end that's six, a tight end that's six four six five is going to win that battle every time. Who actually playing basketball because they're not to move to critique their body in a certain angle to catch this ball to expose that defensive back. So you got to for for players like that, you had to disguise. Your defense in case the ball go over the air, they still win. There's no other way you around it. Nope. I mean, what can you do with a tight end six four six five that's gonna box you out? All right. Not much. Just, right, since we're talking about football, like you said, Marcus, the Baltimore Ravens, Mark Jackson, and I told you, I said, hey, I know the podcast is too before I always go back and this. I said, no, we we meet Baltimore at home. But as a, as I as we finished that pod that day, I sat down and we had a uh, real good thoughts to myself writing it down. So I went back and started looking at some other stuff on the Tennessee Titans. I said, this is the same team that came to the Browns. Blew the Browns out at home. They got a good defense. They got some great, great DBs. Nice linebacker mm-hmm. corner. It's a good defensive line. It comes by Mike, Mike Vrabel, who's actually went to Ohio State. And I'm looking at where we got you a defensive, 
a defensive uh, player as your head coach, you know it is only right he's going to get his defense right. You know it's only right. right. Offense came along. You had Marcus Mariota over there on the sideline looking like the Hawaiian Aaron Rodgers with the beard all out. <laughs> but to throw Ryan Tannehill into the mix and he leading this team to the AFC Championship, that the last time the Titans got this far when they had the great Steve McNair, the great Eddie George, and Kevin Dyson. <laughs> As people would say, I look back, I said, well, I don't know why I picked Baltimore to win. I don't even like Baltimore. Those are our counterparts. <laughs> they old Cleveland Browns. And, you know, food for thought for a fact that people didn't know. When the, Cleveland, when the Baltimore Ravens, became, when the Cleveland Browns became the Baltimore Ravens and the, and the Browns that had the team, and Art Modell moved that team overnight, that they play starting the season the next, the next following year. The little known fact, the Baltimore Ravens, for two years straight, had to practice old Cleveland Browns equipment, shoulder pads they used for games. They took the helmets and do the helmets over. Those are old Browns. Some they spray paint the helmets, threw the logo on there. But if you got any, if anybody collect cars out there, you will see through some of them jerseys, you will see like orange, orange shoulder pads around the collar. That used to be the Cleveland Browns. That's just food for thought. I'm just throwing out there. Um, the Baltimore Ravens, Marcus. What you gonna say? What you gonna say about Lamar Jackson? Man, uh, he, you know, as Derrick Henry um, proceeded to run all over them like he did the Patriots before them. It's like once he realized they weren't gonna be able to stop uh, Derrick Henry in particular, he kind of looked uh, a little frazzled. You know, I, I wasn't expecting that uh, from Lamar Jackson. You know, he just kind of looked like he didn't know what to do. Um, you know, he still put up big, big numbers, but they weren't as impactful. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the Titans just made a decision like y'all ain't gonna run, you know, run the ball. Here they were smoking mirrors because it was and one team stopped it like the Browns did earlier that year, and they you know mopped the floor with them. Mm-hmm. Then his passing opportunities ain't gonna be there as much unless you know. You're making really good reads. You're making uh, nice audibles of, you know, at the line of scrimmage. And it's not on Harbaugh to make all those plays like a college quarterback. You know, where they, you know, they come to the line of scrimmage. You know, they, you know, they get down. They say set. They let the, uh, the coach see what the other team in, and then they change the play. Like, he was going to have to be making those calls early on his own. And then there's a playoff-type atmosphere, and he didn't. And I was a little surprised. I, I, I didn't. I, I still thought they would win. I thought they would lose in the next round. But it was uh, a, it was shocking to say the least. To know they ended up. One thing I'm gonna say about it when I've seen Lamar Jackson. One thing, he's a hell of a quarterback. A hell of a quarterback. But what they took away from him made him so successful. They put eight men in the box. They mm-hmm. didn't. That flashiness that you see in the regular season, you don't see that in the NFL. You didn't see that in uh in the playoffs. People want going for that, going for his hip movement and the shaking. They you you could tell that Mike Vrabel had his linebackers and linemen disciplined. Key word, Cleveland Browns fans out there, you hear this? The team was disciplined. He was a leader out there. Hey, look, I played this position before. Do not go for the fake. He, that's what he wanted to do. When he started moving his hips and he ain't going nowhere, you got him now. Just stay, all you gotta do is stay square up. He's not going anywhere. 
And the one another thing that the the another thing that the Tennessee Titans did, I thought was very well. Yeah, Marquise Brown, the cousin of Antonio Brown, he got off, but they took other guys away, the Willie Sneeds, all those guys. Baltimore could have won that game, Marcus. They had two key drops that could that could have opened the game up for them. Willie Snead had a big drop. He had he had two defensive backs beat. I think it was Logan Ryan for Tennessee, which it was Logan Ryan. He had him beat, and Willie Snead dropped the ball. It hit him right in the hands. If you'd have caught that ball, the only person who was left to beat was the safety because Earl Thomas mm-hmm. cheated okay. up. I mean, not Earl Thomas, because Earl Thomas is on defense for Baltimore. The safety for the, uh, for the Tennessee Titans cheated up. All he had to do was catch the ball. He was ready to touch down for 40 yards. He dropped that. So we got down that was, that was third down. Now you got to keep the ball, punt the ball away. So Baltimore had a lot of drops. Tight end had some drops. And two, when people were not seeing something else went wrong, they took Mark Ingram off the game. He was in the game, but the way the defense is, the defense is so locked in on, Lamar Jackson, they took his lanes away. Yeah, he had a big run late in the fourth quarter, but that time the game was over. And you was right, Marcus. If you could bring your your footage up in the last pod, you said I'm you said give me the Titans. And you said give me the Titans during Henry gonna rush for like you said, I think you said three touchdowns and he's gonna have like 180 yards. Damn, that was close. He had one t- <laughs> he had one touchdown and he threw for a touchdown. So you can say he was responsible for two touchdowns, so he was off by one. And the man had a the man was had a hundred and ninety six yards rushing. Right, two games, two wanna, playoff games in a row. Like that was three. Been that's three. Before. That's three, three in a row. Wow, for a buck eighty or more. So you look at somebody like a Derrick Henry. It's almost like having Eddie George back. Remember Eddie George was that big prototype on the back that we seen in our modern day era. Most people gonna tell you back in the day it was like the the evolution of the running back from the from the Jim Browns to Earl Campbells, then from the Earl Campbells to the O.J. Simpson. Now you got big Derrick Henry back there. So you talk about a six-fold running back, 265. Baltimore didn't want to play him. They didn't want to tackle him. They didn't want to tackle him. He was stopping right. cats off. Speaking of Earl Thomas, speaking of Earl Thomas, it was a one play. You know, one play down the sideline. Earl made a yeah. business decision like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, he, he put his hands up so it wasn't bad on tape. He just stuck him out there. And he still got right. slapped in the helmet. Get out of here. And I'm going to say this about these games. Been fun. like watching them. My sleeper pick to win the Super Bowl. Since we can get on this, is four teams left. I, this, is my, this is my team to beat the Super Bowl. You can give me the Green Bay Packers. And okay. you can give me the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, those are really sleeper picks because... People are looking like, whoa. Uh, Patty neither one of those are the favorite in their uh, in their division. So, you know, it's like the 49ers, people would say, and the uh, Chiefs. Mm-hmm. So you pick both the uh, underdogs. I mean, it can very well happen. Aaron Rodgers is a battle-tested. He's a, a former Super Bowl champ, former MVP. He can get, I mean, the 49ers look good. Jimmy G look good. But it's nothing like having that um, – you know, that we've been here before on your team. You know, the right. Patriots do it year after year after year. Tom Brady do it year after year after year. At some point, that counts for something. So, I think Aaron Rodgers' experience, you know, it could it could result in them upsetting the 49ers. I, I see that. I can see that happening. The Titans, if they, uh, I don't know, the Chiefs is too explosive. <laughs> you know, a team that scored what, th- three touchdowns in, what, less than three minutes? That. That was all on. 
That was the opposing team for to have the, the, the Texans. They gave one away on a, I think on the kickoff return or a punt return and he fumbles the football as he got hit. So that was on them. They could have had the game won. But the one thing about that game I was saying while I was watching that, Deshaun Watson. I seen you over there, dude. You scored three touchdowns, you're twenty one zero. You had you had some fans leaving. Deshaun Watson was over there playing the Eric Guitar in the first in the first quarter, looking at the fans like he uh, like, dude, yeah, the game ain't over. They show his face like in the fourth, in the, in the second quarter. They go on that, as we say in basketball, on that 24-0 run. It wasn't so. It wasn't so air guitars over there. He put that air guitar back up where he got it from. Um, uh, like I said, man, great games. I think Aaron Rodgers gonna bring out a discut double check once he get back home. He's from he's from California, mm-hmm. and I I think he's gonna show the world what's going on. Matt Lafleur. He's going to show what's up. And, no, this is sidebar. Matt LaFleur, the coach of the Green Bay Packers, I think he was a defensive back coach at uh, Ashland, Ashland University. So that's a nugget out there for you guys. You know, good coaches start in Ohio. As a fact, mm-hmm. um, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the Packers team. Jimmy, 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 the other Jimmy G. Jimmy Graham was coming alive, who you, who you mentioned earlier. He's coming alive. The running back for the Green Bay Packers is sleeper Aaron Jones. Um, Devontae Adams coming back to life. Man, you talk about some key pieces that's actually waking up. You know where Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers does. But shout out right. to for Aaron Rodgers. Shout out to his offensive line. Those guys are waking up at the right time. Sometimes, like you said, Marcus, you've got to be lucky to get to that next point. Like I said, give me the Green Bay Packers and the Tennessee Titans. Go, Pack, go. And with the fans in, in Nashville say, tighten up. That's going to be the Super Bowl. And give me Aaron Rodgers to win the Super Bowl and be the Super Bowl MVP. That's what I'm going with. Or that you got something else that's different to say, Marcus. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if that happened, but I, I think it's going to be – I actually do think it's going to be the Packers. I think the Packers are going to uh, upset. Uh, Man, curse real, y'all. Man, curse is real. We almost <laughs> came to life last week. The Man, curse is real. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go – I think the Chiefs make it. I think the Chiefs make it. And then I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl. I, I have that prediction uh, the week before because, man, them Chiefs, they kind of made me believers. Because, you, know, uh, you know, the Baltimore Ravens was, I think, kind of the favorites. You know, but there was a team for the most part of the year. They just was front runners. You know, they always played with a lead. Um, you know, they never really faced any true adversity. Uh, and then and on the opposite side, the Chiefs faced adversity early in that game and then responded big time. So that kind of swayed me. Um, I'm leaning towards the Chiefs to win it all, but I agree with the Packers, but I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs over the Titans. Ooh, nah, 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 nah. The reason I'm saying Tennessee Titans to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, the last time the Kansas City Chiefs folks hosted an ASC championship game. Guess who their quarterback was? Joe Montana. Where he came, he left the 49ers to come play for the Chiefs. Or as his time was up, Steve McNair, not Steve McNair, Steve Young was next up as the quarterback. And two, the running back at that time with Joe Montana was a, the, the great Marcus Allen. So you're looking at, they had two Hall of Famers they still couldn't get the job done. I think history repeats itself. The Chiefs make it that far all the time. I think they did it one year with Trent Green, Dante Hall, the, the first man to throw the X up. Uh, no shade to throw the, uh, the Dez, Brian. It's all love. 
Dante Hall is the first man to throw the X up the hoop, the first human joystick. Kansas City little small compact receivers. Uh, and they came up short. And they had, had Tony Gonzalez that tight end. I think this is going to happen again with history repeats itself. They come up short. Uh, I think the Tennessee Titans, Marcus, they better draw a game playing up for Derrick Henry, boy. I think he's going to have another game. He rushed for almost a I think this time he's going to rush for a buck 65 with two touchdowns. And Ryan Tannehill will be responsible mm-hmm. for two touchdowns. So I think the final score of that game may be give me the Titans 31, Chiefs 24. Defense wins game. And the Chiefs don't I mean, play a lot of defense. Okay. Their DBs are suspect. And they got some big guys over there in Tennessee. At the right receiver spot. I think Corey Jones is one. So you're looking at these guys that's going to step up and make some big plays for the Tennessee Titans. Give me the Titans. Tighten up. Tighten up. I mean, the way Derrick Henry going, he's going to have the most rushing yards in NFL playoff history. Yeah, he already passed up. I think, who he passed up? It was like Eddie Jordan somebody he passed up for like first place or somebody passed away for first place with most rushing yards. He passed up a big name. Um, and Derrick Henry, man. Hey, Cleveland Browns fans. I love my Browns. I love my Cleveland Browns. But you only got to be real, man. Freddie Kitchens. You're not the coach no more. You see what the Titans doing? You see what the 49ers doing? Hand the ball off, man. Use your running back. He had, that, he had this slogan, Marcus. Freddie Kitchens. If you don't wear brown and orange, you don't matter. Guess what, Freddie Kitchens? You got fired. You don't wear brown. You don't matter. <laughs> you don't matter, Freddie. Uh, so, st- we're going to stick on this last football topic. Man, Antonio Brown, former uh, Patriot, former Steeler, Mr. Biotherapy Feet. I need a new <laughs> helmet. I don't need AB, don't need football. Football, need AB. I need a team. You try it off for the Saints. You see the publicity stuff. Then this comes out. Day later. You get to a heated argument with your baby mother. You may only say baby mother. That sounds, I don't want to say that. They say you get into an argument or a little confrontation with your kid's mother. <laughs> and you on social media calling her all type of bees, calling the police officers pigs. Get off my get off my get off my property, you pigs. Dropping the end bomb. Why your kids is right there. Dude, right. you have lost it. Blue Mustache Man has lost it, Marcus. <laughs> he would never play another down in the NFL. That right, that video right there, talking about she would never drive my, give my keys to my Bentley, blah, 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 get off my property, North Hollywood police, y'all some pigs, blah, blah, blah. Antonio Brown, that video right there, man. Let me be honest with you, man. I grew up in the hood, blah, 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 and all that good stuff. That video right there was distasteful, disgraceful. It was all anything that you could put a fool at the end of it. You look, you look foolish out there talking to the police like that. Somebody break into your house, who you going to call? Police? If I see a number come up on the phone, Antonio Brown, you want our help? I'm like, no, nah, you need the pig's help? I'll hang up on them. Disrespecting <laughs> the kids' mothers like that. Why the kids is right there? The kids look cra- The kids looking like, yo, dad need to chill. You talk about kids is probably only like nowhere between Five and six, six years old, and he's out there calling their calling mothers all type of bees. That, I mean, you don't do that in front of children. First and foremost, A.B., man, you lost it. You lost it. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. I didn't get it. I didn't see the video, but I heard, you know, I've, I've read things that he said. Man, I mean, it, it's just, you, now we know it's like, it's something really wrong with this guy. 
Yeah. Like, he's going over the deep edge. Yeah. Yeah. He's somebody, he's beyond a diva. Hey, we need to uh, go to his house, check on AB, take him to the hospital. Let's get, a, let's get an exam on his, on his brain. Let's get a uh, cat scan. Something's not going on. Something is right. He can be depressed. He's just he's 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 lashing out the wrong way. Mm-hmm. His dad his his dad even said it. It's like man, my son's having a tough time right now. Dad for me say man, my dad don't know what the f he talking about. He need to go sit down somewhere. I'm looking like yo. At the end of the day, parents will make kids best. A B was something he when he when people were trying to help him out, he attacks them. So he he's crying out for help. He he want to play football. So now he wanted to be a rapper. He wanted to make rap videos, which I've seen his videos stinks. Uh, now you want to fight Logan Paul in the in the boxing match? Like, like baby, it's over, bro. It's over. Nobody wants that in their locker room. Everything you do is, is you always you 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 uh, refer to yourself as as a third as the second person. It's, you know, it's A B. It's all A B right here. All about business. Let me tell you something. You, you're not working for nobody's business with an attitude like that. Because what I'm looking at right now, when I'm seeing through my eyes and through what you're recording, I tell people this all the time that camera never lie. And mm-hmm. it, what it looks like to me, you're a guy who, who I would, uh, uh, as a player, phenomenal talent. God-given talent. But the person that we see in and on these videos, the devil. The devil. You're crying for help. Um... I never seen anything like that, Marcus. I'm just speechless the way this is going on. AB, I'm gonna call him LK. And you know, <laughs> and people are like, what the hell is Tay Wiz talking about? LK, locker room killer. Would never step up. Oh, you hit him with the Skip Bayless uh, TO. <laughs> LK, locker room killer. How do you want? How, why would you want to bring smart that order your team if your team trying to get to Super Bowl? You already know. A, we don't get the ball. He's gonna blow up. He already threw Big Ben on the bus. He, he threw he threw Juju on the bus. He called Juju a young bum. I, I showed you your move. <laughs> That's what leaders do in basketball on the football team or any team. We show each other's crap so we can be great, and get to the next level. How he a bum? Can't be a bum. He's still in the league. You trying to get better into the league? You the one who put an apology letter out. Almost three weeks ago, so you apologize. You want to get back into the league? He go do something stupid to get. Now you, now, no team don't want to touch you. It's almost like you can check the refrigerator. You look at the milk. Oh man, this milk outdated, spoiled, poured out. Ain't got no use for it. AB, you spoiled milk. <laughs> spoiled milk. <laughs> spoiled milk, baby. I don't want no spoiled milk. Pour him out. Let's keep moving. We can always replace a wide receiver. Those come a diamond. Those wide receiver come every year in the draft. Yeah, we know you was a uh, what is it, a, a six round pick out of Western Michigan. Yeah, we know that. You ain't got to reminding us that. We know where you came from. But mm-hmm. right now, AB, sorry, I got lady with spoiled milk, baby. So that was my rant about AB, Marcus. Now, last but not least, I've been waiting for this to talk about this one. My mouth is watering. Pause. <laughs> the Houston Astros. The Houston. Asterix. That's what I'm going to call it. Marcus. <laughs> Houston Asterix. The controversy behind these Houston Astros, bro, is like none other. Steel out here. They was out here stealing signs, bro. So you're looking at their World Series titles. What you got to say about them stealing signs from teams like the 
Cleveland Indians, the Boston Red Sox, other teams that accused them of stealing signs in the play in the postseason. Man, it, it this one is like one of the most upsetting things because you know the Indians they've been on a, like they've been on a, like a little even though last year they didn't make the playoffs they they still won uh was they they record they had a written record and then right. to find out there's a team out here cheating like A's taking they signs on top of it so it it would I'm like this is even worse than the Patriots well, yes now listen to this we should get worse at now like like me like one of my I got two I got two favorite players on the Indians roster. And that in that time span, of course, everybody loves Frankie Lindor. He's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Now, and, I, and I, I was, I, I really love the way how Trevor Bauer pitched. He's one of my other favorite Indians. You know, weird, mysterious guy, biking, but he won the games and he kept it real. Trevor Bauer said it back in two thousand and we'll say sixteen and fifteen season that the Houston Astros were still in signs. That Houston Astros said, "There's no way we're still in signs." Remember, this guy, Trevor Bauer, said the Houston Astros have been signed. He said that every time we go there and play or they come to us, he said, man, these dudes have been signed. He said something weird is going on, but I know they're still signed. There's, there, there is no way that when our guys come to the bat, to the batter's box, and get, and step in between them, them chunk lines, that this team knew what we're going to do on offense and defense from a pitcher standpoint. Now, reverse that role, the Indians are now – the Indians now are uh, in the in the field. You got Trevor Bauer pitching. You just got some of the signs. Because every time I throw a signal out, they move back. He, he look at Trevor Bauer. I look into their eyes. I follow where their eyes is going. He said their eyes is going straight straight out there in the outfield. He said something. Somebody's in the outfield. He said somebody's in a signal somewhere. He he was right. So all this time, people thought Trevor Bauer was tripping, and it comes to like that. These Houston Asterisks <laughs> were still the signs. They fired a GM. They fired their manager, A.J. Finch. This team been filing $5 million, and they also would not be compensated with picks going forward. I believe for the next two seasons, they lose out in the first round and the second round of the MLB draft on picks. So you're looking at the Houston Asterisks title. They got a World Series title, but it's not golden, baby. It's tarnished. They got they got to throw some they got to throw some 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 stuff on it to give it that shine back. You got a, you got a trophy you got a trophy there. It, it, it it's 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 not the same. It's not the same. Right. I think they got to do like what in the NCAA. Take the banners down. Get them rings back. We eradicating them from the uh, ooh, ooh. from the books. That's, right. Not only this where the story get dicey yet. This where the story get dicey yet. So on that team, they won the World Series. I'm looking at the guys who, who are managers. Carlos Beltran was on that team. You're looking at where he's at, the New York Mets. The Mets already taking backlash. They just hired him, I would say, like, probably a month ago to, to be the baseball manager of the team, the coach. He's one of the guys that was on that team. So you already know, if you go on the team, you still you're out there still in science, you know what's going on. And out of nowhere, the Boston Red Sox organization. So when you when you know when you know stuff about to hit the fan that he Alex Cora was on that Houston Asterix team as well. And for some reason, yesterday he stepped down and they said the team and the organization parted ways mutually with Alex Cora. Can you say uh feeling guilty? So the heat about to hit the fan, baby. <laughs> He's about to hit the fan. 
And, they, and, the, and the sad part about Alex Core won a World Series title with the Boston Red Sox like three years later. And they said they was he he he's he tweeted out something a couple days ago when, they, when that stuff came out. He said, "Wow, it's unbelievable." He said he was he was in all the words. He was all the words. I said, "Wow." Do you come out three days later? You want to mutually part ways? And the organization said, a couple of players said, hey, Alex Core, the one who set the, the camera up out there in the right fields of teams' stadiums, at their stadium, and had a monitor that goes off into the That's dugout? Did I know what they bought the pitch? Come it's on. One of the most sophisticated cheating schemes ever. Like, they, they was on another level with the cheating. <laughs> another like, level. Had an alert system. They probably got text messages. Who knows? Yeah, they had people part of the organization that he was paying, Marcus. He was paying <laughs> these people. Like to go to certain areas, they would be banging on trash cans to send out signals. So when you look at that guy like Alex Core with that cheating scandal, y'all gotta do you y'all gotta do these guys like y'all did Pete Rose. If they ban if he's banned for baseball, you're gonna ban these guys from baseball. AJ Fitch. Former player, banned. You got banned from baseball. The GM, he should be banned from baseball. Alex Core should be banned from baseball. Any more people who knew that they were still under still in size as part of that organization should be banned from baseball. If I was Pete Rose, I'd be all on TV talking about, hey man, y'all need to give it to me. Y'all gave it to me back in the day. The only thing Pete Rose did is ban on the games. Like other players don't ban on games. But for these guys to come out and say they wasn't cheating. Then all of a sudden, they got film on you guys, and people at other stadiums said these guys are still in size. Like, come on! So you're looking at you, you're looking at people like the, the Dodgers, idiots who've been on places in the World Series. Go ahead and get take those reasons away, like you said, Marcus. Take those banners down like you did in Michigan. <laughs> take the banners down. Take away that. Take away the Heisman Trophy that they did. Reggie Bush, Pete Rose, all the guys who got banned. Like you got to do them like that too. Baseball, Manfred. The the uh the commissioner, you gotta do something. You gotta get right. you gotta ban these guys. You gotta ban them. You gotta you gotta do something. I mean, it, it's a it's like a slap in the face to everybody else in the MLB. Like you gonna let them get away with this, and then you got like you just mentioned, you got guys like Pete Rose who can't even get a Hall of Fame uh, right. viewing because of, he just bet these guys all out deliberately cheated. <laughs> I mean, some people would say, well, Pete Rose cheated too. But this is a whole nother le- like alerting system. Come on, alerting man. system. I thought when you walk in the house, your security system go and say system disarmed. Like, like the crazy thing. I want to know. I want to know how the hell are you been trying to do this? Right, <laughs> right. Should you be? So you, should it be what, Marcus? I'm like, shouldn't you be doing things like actually coaching and managing your team? <laughs> like. His, I guess his idea of that is cheating, like just stealing other people's stuff. So when you look at a coach like Alex Core or that boss at the time, the Houston Astros, so you tell me they cheated themselves all the way to a real series title? So you telling me, in hindsight, I'm going to say this, all you talk the Indians and them Dodgers teams, like the Cleveland Indians is my favorite team, but my favorite West Coast baseball team is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And I'm looking at where this all happened. Like, how do you get – I'm trying to – I'm going to sit down with these guys. I'm like, how did you get enough time to even put a camera system up, especially if you know you got your TV networks there, especially your big team, like MLB TV. So you're setting the cameras up probably opposite of the field. Like, you, like it's weird. It, I, I'm just like, 
What made you think of that? Like you said, Marcus, that is next level. That's next level. He set up a security system and got a monitor. When it dings off, like that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. He took it to a whole new, a whole new level. He took it to 2077 with that, and we like another 40, another like 40 some years away from that. He took it, Mark. He took it to 2077. <laughs> that right there was unreal, uncanny to do that. So that make to me, like I said. Now you can question, is he a good manager for baseball? Do you believe the teams that he coached and played on, do you believe he was that good of a coach? No. Boston Red Sox is already good with their players that they had. So you, so in hindsight, in Boston now, we know you got the green monster there. Mm-hmm. Where were you saying this camera at before the monitor? And not only you was doing this at home, you was doing this on the road. Like, how you do this on the road? So on the <laughs> road, you got to go through the groundskeeper crew. You got to go through security. What was you doing? Walking around the stadium? And so you know what? I'm gonna put a camera right here today. Man, come on, man. Come it on. had to be elaborate. It had to have some uh some um some Trojan horses on the other teams too, because there's no way you go in somebody else's field and have the ability to set up cameras and nobody saying that. This is, this is called PR. Yeah, mm-hmm. some dropping the acronym. This is PR. Somebody's on payroll. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody's on payroll, Marcus. Hey man, I'm gonna get hey. I'm gonna give you uh X X amount of dollars. Can you set this up for me? I'm gonna take I just wanna see how my guys is uh looking out there warming up for the batter mobs or taking BP. <laughs> they call that bang practice. <laughs> All right, cool. He's like, Can you set this up for me? Guys set it up, they don't know. Setting these up in stadiums. They there for three or four game series. This guy got all the signal. He probably got sound footage. So talk about cheating the game? Pete Rose, feel you, my brother, on this one. You gotta, you gotta let MLB know that if y'all got me, Keto Lee, they need Keto Lee too. And on that note, Marcus, because I'm so heated about that, because I hate people that cheat the game and put people who put in hard work and dedication, blood, sweat, and tears. You got somebody want to cheat the game for 160 games and win a World Series title? Yeah, I'm an angry fan and an angry customer. <laughs> on that note, it's after hours live from the man cave. Or you know why I don't want to end it right now, Marcus? You got something to say, man? I can't end it right now. I can't go all like that. What you got to say, Marcus, man? <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I just had to, you know, for the pot, I had to research that. It just kept getting deeper and deeper. Like, man, these guys some really some real cheaters, though. <laughs> like right, and proud, right? And he had audacity to tweet. Alice Cora said, "Unbelievable! Wow, I'm just in awe right now." Bet you is. <laughs> he was a cheater. Bet you is. You're a cheater. You would never play Monopoly at my house and be the banker. Ever. <laughs> right. hey, you ain't touching never. nobody. You're just a player, son. He's a he's a he's a he's he's a uh, a DTM. Don't trust him. He out of here, baby. Right. He'd be banned for baseball. He'd be banned for baseball. So they don't want to talk about him. Let's ban him for baseball. And on that note, we definitely leave it on a high note with that one. Like I said, locker room killer Eric LK Antonio Brown. E-S-M, spoiled milk. We out of here, baby. It's After Hours Live for the Man Cave. It's your host, Tay Wiggs. Your co-host, Mark Sr. We out of here. Peace. Peace. Yay! Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man, Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener. 
and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.